How many want vision? How many need vision? You know what vision is? Vision is what could be and what should be. I love what Helen Keller said. Helen Keller was blind. You know what she said? She said what's worse than not having eyesight, being blind, is to have eyesight but no vision. Do you have eyesight but vision? What could be and what should be? I'm telling you today, there's some daddies in here that need vision. I'm telling you today, there's some mamas in here that need vision. I'm telling you today, there are some Christians today that need vision in 2020. 2020 vision for 2020. I'm telling you today that God might want to raise up some missionaries right here in New Rocky Creek Baptist Church in 2020. And God might want to raise up some preachers right here in New Rocky Creek Baptist Church in 2020. And God might want to raise up some Sunday school teachers in New Rocky Creek in 2020. And God might want to raise up some deacons in New Rocky Creek Baptist Church in 2020. And God just might want to do some great things, which I believe he will, in your life in 2020. So, 2020 vision for 2020. And speaking of vision, have you ever been temporarily blinded? I remember one time working on some electrical equipment, Brother Ralph, and, and, you know, when it shorts out, it explodes, Brother William, right in front of you. You know what I'm talking about, Brother Gary? I mean, you know what I'm talking about, Brother Tom? It, it, it just explodes, Brother Chris, uh, Brother Walter, Brother, uh, yes, Brother Ronnie. I mean, Brother Justin, it, it just, Brother Tom, it, it explodes, Brother Bud, right in front of you, Brother Richard. I mean, Brother Josh, it doesn't take much, Brother Kenneth and Brother... Yeah, Brother Eddie, I mean, Brother Wendell, you know what I'm talking about. What about it, Brother Curtis? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, it explodes right in your face, and all of a sudden, you're temporarily blinded, Brother Billy. You know what I'm talking about. I'm sure you've probably burned up some pliers like I have a time or two in my life. But anyway, temporarily blinded. I once knew a man who was legally blind. His name? Charlie Curtis. How many of y'all bring Brother Charlie? Brother Charlie, you remember, was a dear, precious man. And Brother Charlie fought in World War II. Brother Gary, Brother Charlie was under General Patton. Brother Curtis, under General Patton. He had a purple heart. Brother Charlie said they landed in France and uh, an explosion took place with a grenade. Consequently, he had some shrapnel put in his back. And old Brother Charlie was legally blind. I'll never forget taking Brother Charlie, otherwise known as Pops, Brother Walter, Pops. We took him over there to the airport uh, one day uh, and uh, he was scheduled to get his seeing eye dog you remember that brother justin his seeing eye dog and uh, his seeing eye dog name was sammy and as we picked him up at the airport we were walking out of the airport and brother charlie had his seeing eye dog came all the way from kansas they had trained that dog and as we were in the airport brother charlie took him by the collar and it began to do like this spin him around i said brother charlie what are you doing he said, I'm just looking around, all right? I'm just looking around, you know, ha, ha, ha. Brother Charlie had a good sense of humor. And uh, the question is, what kind of vision is God going to give you today? I'm praying the Spirit of God will open our hearts and our eyes to see what he wants to do and give us great faith to believe what he's going to do in the coming. Some of us are going to get out of debt. Can I get a witness? Some of us are going to meet somebody in your life, a relationship you've been praying about. Others are going to have some spiritual breakthroughs, maybe some freedom and liberation from addiction, or maybe some, uh, some other kind of healing take place in 2020. 
I'm telling you today, we're going to look at a man in the Bible who had vision. No wonder Solomon put it this way, where there's no vision, the people perish. Let's say that together. Where there's no vision, the people perish. One more time. That's in Proverbs 29 and 18. And then Habakkuk says, write the vision. Make it plain that they that read it may run with it. Though it tarry, it will surely come to pass. But today we're looking at a man who had incredible insight for the future. What was his name? Daniel. Not one single negative word, Daniel, about Daniel in the Bible. Did you know that? Dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Dare to have a purpose true. Dare to make it known. Daniel was a man who lived a life of moral purity. Chapter 1, verse 8. He purposed in his heart he would not defile himself with the king's meat nor the king's wine. Daniel also learned the principle of coming under authority in Daniel chapter 2. Watch this. Even living in a pagan land under a pagan king named Nebuchadnezzar. Listen to me. I'm preaching to somebody out here today that says, man, if you had to work where I have to work, I work with a bunch of pagans. And even my boss is, a, 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 is not a saved person. I want to tell you, Daniel ought to be an example to every one of us today how to live in this old world, but be in the world, but not of the world, hallelujah, because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Daniel learned how to come under authority. Daniel also learned to live the life of humility. Remember in chapter 4, God showed him that God was in control. Daniel also learned about God's sovereignty, chapter 5 of the book of Daniel. Remember Belshazzar, how the Lord said, you days are numbered, your history. But in Daniel 6, we find out that Daniel learned to face adversity, thrown in the lion's den, and I'm not lying. That leads us to chapter 7 of the book of Daniel. And you know what? Today we're going to look at four reasons I believe you and I ought to have vision, 2020 vision. Catch the vision. Catch the vision of 2020. 2020 vision in 2020. And speaking of that, anybody that has glasses other than Ann, uh, I know some of you had this uh, surgery. Now, Becky, you don't have to wear glasses. Well, you've got to wear glasses, bless your heart. Anyway, somebody said, I got three pair of glasses, one to see off far, one to see up close, and the third pair is to find the other two pair. Can I say amen? You know where you've been there too. But we're looking today at four reasons. Let me give them to you, and then I'll get them on the board. Don't sweat it out. Number one. If we're going to have 2020 vision in 2020, we've got to, number one, see the apostasy of the Antichrist after us. We'll see that in a moment in Daniel chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Secondly, we not only need to see the apostasy of the Antichrist after us, number two, we'll see the ministry of the angels all around us. That's Daniel chapter 7, verse 10. Number three, we will not only see the ministry of the angels all around us. Number three, we'll see the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, for us. Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. And then number four, we'll see if we're going to have 2020 vision in the year 2020. We'll see the testimony and the legacy of the saints beyond us. Daniel chapter 7, verses 18 24 and 27. Open your Bibles to Daniel chapter number 7. Find Daniel chapter 7. Stand to your feet. I want to read just a couple of verses in this selected text. Daniel chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. 2020 vision in 2020. Daniel chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. We just described to you the historical background. Daniel is in Babylon at the time. He was taken, by the way, at the age of 15 years old. He lived to be a ripe old age of 85 or beyond. And all the book of Daniel contains Daniel's incredible vision. 
I prayed this week and sought the Lord, and the Lord led me to this text today uh, because of Daniel's vision. And I tell you, the Lord's been blessing me all week as I've been studying and praying and praying that God will make it a blessing to you today. Daniel chapter 7 and verse number 7. If you're there, say amen. I said, if you're there, say amen. Amen. Hey, by the way, Daniel chapter 7, you know what verses 1 through 7 1 through 6 talks about? It talks about the Babylonian kingdom depicted as a lion. It talks about, secondly, the Medo-Persian kingdom depicted by a bear with three ribs in its mouth. It depicts pictures also the Grecian kingdom under Alexander the Great portrayed as a leopard because of the speed that Alexander, even though he was young, he conquered the known world at his time. Number four, we're picking up in the fourth world empire that Daniel is able to look into the prophetic future and see that it is already taking place historically. It's not up for debate. It's already taking place. However, he also looks into the near future and sees another, I'm not going to tell you what it is. You'll find out in a minute, another kingdom that's going to come to pass and yet a leader of that kingdom. All right, Daniel chapter 7, verse 7. Here we go. After this, I saw in the night visions. Now, if you're taking note, you want to note that Daniel flip-flops between on earth and in heaven. On earth and in heaven. He sees a vision in heaven. He sees a vision on earth. You'll note that as we progress through the text. I thought I'd point that out because it's going to be somewhat confusing if you say, wait a minute. He sees heaven, but now he sees earth. He's in right now on earth. Chapter 7, verse 7. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, terrible and well, dreadful rather, and terrible, and strong exceedingly. It had great iron teeth. It devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverged from all the other beasts and were which before it. And it had what? It had what? What in the world are ten horns? We're going to talk about it. Hold that thought. Keep reading. And I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn. Who is this little horn? What in the world is Daniel seeing? How does this relate to the New Testament? Who else talks about it in the New Testament? It, the New Testament fits like a hand in glove, like a puzzle. It doesn't contradict itself. Where is this little horn mentioned elsewhere in the Scripture? Keep reading. I considered, I go back to verse 8, I considered the horns and behold, there came up another of them, a little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots, and behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. And then Daniel says, I beheld till the thrones. Now he's in heaven. He was on earth in verse 7 and 8, but now he sees a vision in heaven. Notice the contrast. Notice the comparison. And in heaven I beheld the thrones, which were cast down or placed down, and the Ancient of Days did sit white as snow and the hair of his the hair of his head was like pure wool his throne was like the fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire well that reminds me of Ezekiel does it remind you of Ezekiel Ezekiel chapter 1 it does me verse 10 and a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him thousands thousands ministered unto him and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him the judgment was set and the books were open now all of a sudden he flips right back on earth he was in heaven, now he's on earth. Look at verse number uh, 11. I beheld, and because of the voice of the great words, which the horn spake. Remember that little horn up there in verse number 8? And the horn spake, I beheld, even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed, and given to the burning flame. That's speaking of the judgment concerning this little horn. And then, notice, as concerning the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season at a time. And I saw him the night visions. Now all of a sudden, Daniel goes back to heaven. 
the heavenly vision. I saw in a night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man. That's an interesting word. It's Bella, the, the Hebrew word. Like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. You'll notice Ancient of these Days is used in verse 9. You'll notice Ancient of Days is used in verse 13. And then look at verse 14. And there was given him, this Ancient of Days, dominion and glory and a kingdom all people and nations and language should serve him. Oh, yes. And his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. I'm going to pause there because of time's sake. We'll read parts of the other chapter. I hope you'll read it when you get home. Let's bow for prayer, Father. I bless you today, love you today, worship you, and because you're a God and there's none else besides you. And thank you for this appointed time now god i need heaven's help lord i can't do anything of myself this worth eternal dividends but father with you i live and move and have my being precious lord holy spirit illumine us and quicken us and give us understanding today as we look forward if you tarry to 2020 and change us we pray thank you now in Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen and amen. You may be seated. As I said to you earlier, we're going for different reasons. You and I ought to have 2020 in 2020. The first reason is notice on the screen. If we're going to have 2020 vision in 2020, we must see, one, the apostasy of the Antichrist after us. Chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Notice we're going to have 2020 vision. We must see not only that, but we'll come in a moment to the ministry of angels and then the victory of Jesus Christ, and then the testimony and the legacy of the saints. If we're going to have victory, you need that? Did I go too fast? We're going to have victory. If we're going to have 2020 vision in 2020, we must see. Notice, just write this word down. The apostasy and of the Antichrist, apostasy of the Antichrist after us. All right? Here's the text right here. I want to draw your attention again. Look with me, please, in Daniel chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. I want you to think with me. I realize you've not been thinking about this probably all week long. But now I have this great opportunity to share, to break open the Word of God. Believing and trusting the Holy Spirit of God is going to plant the incorruptible seed in some hearts. Some get the tapes and listen to it afterwards. I know I've got to go fast. My time is short. Got a long way to go. Amen. But anyway, let's take the Bible and see what God shows us concerning vision 2020. 2020 vision for 2020. Again, please Zero in on chapter 7, verse 7 and 8 of Daniel chapter 7. Look at it. If you got it, hold up your Bible. I want to make sure you're with me. Hold up your Bible. Uh, look, those of you who didn't bring your Bible, I got it on the screen. But don't not bring your Bible. Bring your Bible. Okay. Chapter 7, verse 7. After this I saw in the night vision, and behold, a fourth beast, terrible and dreadful, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceeding. Who is he talking about? And it had great iron teeth. It devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the other beasts that were before it. And it had ten horns. Who's he talking about? He's talking about that fourth terrible beast, namely Rome. Uh, again, this is historical information. It's not up for debate. As I mentioned to you, chapter 7, verse 1 is Babylon depicted as a lion. Chapter 7, verse 2 is, is the, uh, verse 4 rather, is the lion with eagle's wings. Chapter 7, verse 5, is picturing Medo-Persian Empire, a bear with three ribs in its mouth. And this has all come to pass even after Daniel's vision. Remember now, he's living during the days of Babylon, 
and also in the days of Medo-Persia, chapter 5 of the book of Daniel. And, uh, but he was not living during the time of the Grecian Empire, therefore it was a futuristic, but God gave him incredible insight. What could be, what should be. Vision, what vision, what vision, what vision. What does God want to do? And then notice this last world empire, at least we've already uh, have seen it, is Rome. That's what he's talking about in verse 7. And yet, look at verse 8. And I considered the horns, and behold, there came up with them, or among them, another, what's the next words? Little horn. Underline that, please. Before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots, and behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. My question to you is this. Who in the world is this horn, this little horn? But wait a minute, back up where it says it had ten horns. Chapter 7, and notice the last part of it. It had ten horns. It had ten horns. What is he talking about? Y'all listen, listen very carefully. Listen to me very carefully. This is what's called apocalyptic literature. Apocalyptic literature is the scripture that uses symbols to convey truth. Question, how do you interpret apocalyptic literature? You remember with me the book of Ezekiel, the book of Daniel, the book of Revelation, and uh, the book of uh, Zechariah are what we call apocalyptic literature scriptures. Now, if you're a teacher, how many of y'all are teachers? Raise your hand. How many of y'all want to be teachers? Raise your hand. How many of you talk, talk about the things of God with your family? Raise your hand. How many want to learn the Bible? Raise your hand. Everybody ought to want to learn the Bible. So that means every one of us. All right, so how do we interpret apocalyptic literature? There's rules for doing that, okay? Here's the rule. Apocalyptic literature is explained, interpreted by other scripture. Simple. The best commentary of the Bible is the Bible, right? Right. The Bible fits like a hand in glove. Well, okay, we're talking about ten horns. Who are these ten horns? There's all kind of ideas about who these ten horns are and these ten kings. Notice in verse 7, the last part, these are ten horns. Well, who is that? I'm glad you asked the question. You know why? Because I want you to look at verse number 25. Look at, uh, well, excuse me, verse 20, uh, verse 24. Back up to verse 24 of Daniel chapter 7. He's, he's thinking to tell us who the ten horns are. And brother and sister, this is going to unlock the key to understanding the book of Revelation and where we're at right now in our modern day. Look at verse 24 of Daniel 7. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are what? Ten kings. How many see ten kings? Ten kings. You see that? Underline it. In fact, if you're like me, I like to write my Bible. And I hope you're taking notes because it's going to be hard to get all of this. But anyway, if you'll note that these ten kings are mentioned as ten horns, Daniel explains who these ten horns are, ten kings. Okay, I get it. But wait a minute. Where else are ten kings mentioned in the Bible? John the Revelator describes ten kings. Where? In Revelation chapter 17, verse 12. Write that in your notes if you're taking notes. Revelation chapter 17, verse 12. Well, what's Revelation chapter 17? It's talking about the apostate church. That's why, that's why I labeled this particular passage as the apostasy of the Antichrist. You see, in Revelation 17, there's going to be one world church. That's why doctrine does matter. 
A lot of people today are throwing doctrine to the wind, say it doesn't matter. Ecclesiastical unity at the expense of doctrinal integrity. Doctrine does matter. There's a false church and there's a false way. And there's a right way to interpret the wrong Bible and there's a wrong way. And God told Paul to Timothy, sound doctrine, 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 doctrine. Now, and I'm just saying that because there's a lot of things coming down the pike today in America and in religious worlds and circles, and if we're not careful, we can just believe everything. But wait a minute. We're to study the show thyself approve unto God. A workman needed not to be ashamed, right, right in the word of truth. And so here's the point. This world church, one world religion, will have ten kings in the end time. Now, I believe, now, I want to go back to this little horn. Who in the world is this little horn? This little horn is none other than the Antichrist. We'll look at this picture. The little horn coming out of these ten horns is the Antichrist. Why? Because he's got eyes and he's got a mouth to speak. This is the vision God wants us to know about in 2020. There's many Antichrists right now, said John, but not the Antichrist. Until the rapture takes place, the Antichrist will confirm the covenant, according to Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, and then he will be a one-world ruler. Oh, you can see how this thing is setting the stage right now for a one-world government. Can I get a witness? Amen. Somebody's with me, I hope. Anyway, look at this little horn. This little horn is uh, the Antichrist, the man of sin, the lawless one. Not the devil, but the incarnate devil. The one who is uh, the devil, again, incarnate. And the false prophet will join him. So, I'm simply saying, I know who the little horn is here based on the Bible. Not my guess, but we just read it. Chapter number 7 and verse 24. The Antichrist. Well, what will he do? He'll speak great swelling words. And today, in 2020, the Antichrist, listen to me, is going to try to oppose everything God does. The spirit of the Antichrist is against us. How many know that the Antichrist is coming against your family? I said, how many know that the spirit of the Antichrist is against you, it's against your family, it's against New Rocky Creek Baptist Church, it's against everything that we stand for, it's against the preaching of the Word of God, it's against teaching in Sunday school, it's against reaching lost men and women and boys with the gospel. The Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist is going to be totally opposed to you living godly, to you living holy, to you living a life that pleases the Lord. And they're going to be spirits, lying spirits and deceiving spirits. Jesus said in the last days, deception would be very rampant. In chapter 24 of the book of Matthew, verse 4, verse 5, verse 11, verse 24. The spirit of Antichrist, if we're going to have vision in 2020, we've got to see the apostasy of the Antichrist is after us. It's after us. Listen to me. You can't be passive about this. You might think, well, I know pastors getting all up about this Antichrist. I'm just going to leave him alone. Listen to me. Read my lips. You can't leave him alone. He's not going to leave you alone. You and I need to declare war against the enemy. And if you're not going to declare war against the enemy, I'm telling you, you're sitting duck. The devil will chew you up and spit you out. He walks about as a roaring lion. He has as many emissaries and adversaries coming against us. So, if we're going to have 2020 vision in 2020, do you know what the strategy of the Antichrist is? Interesting. Look at verse 25 of Daniel 7. Can I suggest to you it's to wear out the saints. How many of you today are having a hard time staying awake? 
You're having a hard time staying awake. You're having a hard time staying focused, aren't you? Why? The enemy wants to rock you to sleep. I'm telling you. I know the physical old body, if you've worn out the old body, I know it's hard to stay awake. But I'm telling you, when you start opening your Bible and you start praying, the devil will try to put you to sleep. Can I get somebody to say amen? amen. It's the work of the enemy. And no wonder we stay in a frenzy, a frenzy of activity all day long. And then by the time we get to get with God, it's like, I can't hardly stay awake. And when we get to the church, it's like, I can't hardly sit still. We've got to learn. May God help us, teach us how to stay awake and stay engaged when the Word of God is being proclaimed. Why? There's evil angels right now wanting to rock you asleep. Don't put it past the enemy. You better believe when we gather together on Sunday, it's like, oh, it's the same old thing. Brother Randy gets up there and he hoops and hollers and ah, so what? And yeah, 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 and all this stuff that and all that. That's the devil lying to you. I said, it's the devil lying to you. I said, it's the devil trying to get to steal the word of God from you. The word is being proclaimed. The seed is being broadcast. But the devil's shoot, 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 stealing the seed away from you. You've got to guard that seed. You've got to guard that seed. Don't you let the devil steal the seed. The seed is being broadcast right now. Don't look at me, look at him, amen. Look at what I'm reading. Don't, don't judge me by what I've got going. Don't judge me by what, how I sound or what I say or what I don't say. Listen to God. And if the word of God's being proclaimed, overlook the messenger. It's not about the messenger. It's about the word of God. Our problem is we come to church and we get so wrapped up in personalities and think, you know, brother preacher could have said that differently or I like the ties got on, amen, thank you. You know what the devil's going to do? Look at chapter 7, verse 25. Here it is. Oh, I know it's right, Daniel. And uh, thanks for praying for me. Look out, verse 25. Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. Look at chapter 7, verse 25. And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall do what? Wear out who? Wear out the saints. Is the devil wearing you out? I said, is the devil wearing you out? Stressed out. Pressure. Running here, running there. Christmas, family, trying to please everybody. You know, getting out of debt, etc. Wearing us out, wearing us out, wearing us out. Oh, God help us. Wearing out the saints. Look at this, of the Most High. And think to change times and laws, and they should be given in His hand until a time and times and the dividing of times. The time and times, the dividing of times is no doubt a reference to the last three and a half years of the tribulation. And by the way, where it says change times and laws, many believe to be the change the religious of observations of worship that's the strategy of the antichrist to get us to be formalistic to get us to be ritualistic to get us just to go through the motions to to to, to put us in a mode of uh, complacency and indifference and I, i'm going to church but then i'm gonna live like i want to live on monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday and, and being and and not really getting in on all god wants us to do wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute Wearing out the saints. Do you know what this word wearing out the saints is? I looked it up. I wanted to find out what it meant. Wearing out the saints of the Most High. Are you feeling worn out these days? If we're going to have 2020 and 2020, we've got to understand the one, the apostasy of the Antichrist. Wearing out the saints. Are you ready for the word? Wearing out? Here it is. Here's the Hebrew word. Now you realize that in Hebrew, you start from the right and read to the left. The word is bela, yabela or 
Bella. Say that with me. Bella. That's wear out the saints. Bella. One more time. Bella. Well, what in the world does Bella mean? It means wear out the saints. I'll tell you what it means. It means, it means, it's a picture of clothing that's been worn out. Anybody got any clothing that's worn out in your closet? Come on. Man, I did a little journey over the last week or so and looked in my closet. I've got a lot of clothes I need to get rid of, amen, or some. Some of them aren't fit to take to goodwill. Don't look at me like I'm strange. I go to goodwill too, amen. But these clothes aren't fit to goodwill. It, this picture, wear out, Bella, it's a picture of a worn out garment, okay? It's a picture of something that's, that's worn out. Uh, it's worn out. And you know what I did when I went through the closet and I found stuff like this? You know what I did with it? I got a black plastic bag and I bottled it up in a black plastic bag and I threw it in the black plastic bag because it wasn't fit to wear. I want to tell you something. When the devil tries to wear us out, and he does wear us out, we're not fit for nothing. Amen. He wants to throw us in a, oh, in a black plastic bag and get rid of us and get rid of us. And that's what he does. The word Bella means to wear out a garment. It means to so wear a garment out it's not worth wearing anymore. Oh, no. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. The opposite of wearing out a garment is putting on a new garment. Amen. And today, you might feel worn out spiritually. Well, I spent a long time that you sense the presence of God when you're praying. It's been a long time uh, since your heart palpitated with joy when you were reading the Bible. Why, well, it's been a long time since you've had a chance to talk with somebody about Jesus the mighty to save. It's been a long time since you've seen some mountains moving and you've seen God stretching out His hand of power. It's been a long time and a drought since you've seen the rains come down from heaven. Oh yes, but I'm I'm telling you today, God's able to put a new garment on you. The blood's able to cleanse you. And the Word of God is able to give you a new heart and a new spirit. And praise God, if we're going to have 2020 vision, we got to get some new clothes on. All right. May God help us to do it. Hey, look, number two, I want you to notice with me, not only... The apostasy, the Antichrist. Number two, notice the ministry of the angels. I want you to zero in now in chapter 7, verse 10. I love this. I love this. If we're going to have 2020 vision in 2020, we've got to see the apostasy, the Antichrist after us. Number two, the ministry of angels all around us. Before I read the text, I want to remind you that God in the first day of creation, I believe, made the angels, both evil and elect. Yes, the archangels, Michael being the protector of Israel, Gabriel being the spokesman to Israel. Yes, the seraphim and the cherubim. Yes, even the throne room angels depicted in the book of Revelation, chapter 4 and chapter 5. Yes, the evil fallen angels, along with Lucifer who fell, one-third of the angels. Oh, yes, and will fall in the future. But wait a minute. This message of the angels all around us. Look with me, please, in verse 10. Daniel chapter 7, verse 10. A fiery stream issued. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. 
Thousands, thousands ministered to him. And ten thousands times ten thousand stood before him. And the judgment was set. And the books were opened to God. We believe in angels, but we don't worship angels. One man said, I believe in angels. My wife, I think, is an angel. I said, why do you say that? She's always up in the air. She never has anything to wear, and she's harping on something all the time. I don't, I don't know about that. I know about one man told me his dear dad was dying. True story. He said his wife at the time had long, flowing, beautiful blonde hair, and she was ministering to his dad. She had on a white sweater, snow-white sweater. She was ministering to his dad, and his dad was going downhill, downhill, downhill. And he said his dad looked up and looked at his wife and said, I think I'm in the presence of an angel. <laughs> I'll tell you something. You believe in angels. Hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn. Angels were there when Jesus was born. Wait a minute. I read over there in the book of Luke, chapter 22, when Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he's sweating great drops of blood, praying for the cup to pass, being my sin and your sin and the sin of the whole world, and yet he drank it to the last bitter dregs. Hallelujah. And yet the Bible teaches he's wrestling, he's agonizing. Watch him pray. Disciples, they fell asleep. And Jesus, the Bible says in Luke 22, an angel came and strengthened him. I got to start shouting right there. Angels come and strengthen us. I need somebody to help me there. As I said last night, I know the enemy did, would not want me to expose his work, what I just did, and, and Antichrist. I know it was the enemy. And I said, dear God, I need strength. But if Jesus needs strength, I suggest to you, you need strength too. The angels all around us. Wait a minute. After Christ was crucified, Put in a tomb. The Bible says an angel came and rolled the stone away. And not to let him out, but let the outsiders in. And Matthew and Luke records, as the women came to the tomb, the angel met them. And two angels are depicted in Luke. Come and see. And then go and tell. Come and see. Go and tell. Wait a minute. I read over there where the angels are present in the ascension of our Lord. Remember when he stepped on the Mount of Olivet? lifted up his hands, and he went up into heaven as he was uh, ascending into glory. What did the angels say? You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing upward? This same Jesus will come in like manner. That's in Acts chapter 1, verse 11. Wait a minute. I read over there where the angels are coming back with the Lord Jesus. The Lord is going to descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. I read over there, that's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. I read over there in Matthew 24 where the angels are coming back with the Lord and even present in the tribulation time in his second coming. I read over there where Daniel believed in angels. Daniel's in the middle of the lion's den. And one strong angel comes and shuts the mouth of lions. Aren't you glad that God has some strong angels? I'm telling you, praise the Lord, God, help us to see 2020 vision in 2020, knowing angels are all around us. No wonder the psalmist said, the angel of the Lord encampeth around and about them that fear him. Oh, yes. And Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2, Hebrew writer, I believe to be Paul, said, when you're entertaining strangers, remember, it might be angels unaware. You might be sitting there an angel. 
You might be sitting next to an angel. You might be sitting in front of an angel, amen? Hello, angels all around us. The ministering of angels. Yes, the Lord said that his angels, if we're going to see 2020 and vision in 2020, we've got to, number one, uh, see the apostasy, the Antichrist after us. Number two, see the ministry of angels all around us. Number three, we've got to see the Lord Jesus. Wait a minute, let me go back. We've got to see the victory of Jesus Christ for us. Now, I like this part. The victory of Jesus Christ for us. Look in chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Don't you love the Bible? All that. This is a good steady diet of the Word of God. And notice chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Look at verse 13 and 14. I saw in the night visions. Now, John's going back to heaven again. He was on earth, but now he's back in heaven with his vision. I saw, by the way, in the Old Testament, the visions and such are unlike in the New Testament. Namely, and let me just clarify something real quick, okay? Because, y'all listen, please look up here. I want you to hear this. Don't miss what I'm fixing to say. Visions, dreams, and so forth in the Old Testament uh, were very prominent. Why? That was the way God communicated through his servants. Today, we have a little different scenario than the Old Testament prophets, even some of the New Testament writers, because we've got what? We've got the whole compilation of the Word of God. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. Because a lot of people come to me and say, Pastor, and I'm not being critical, but I want you all to hear me. I'm trying to make a point. They'll say, God showed me a vision. Okay? God showed me a vision about you. You're going to do this, that, and the other. You know what I tell them? I say, well, I'm glad God showed it to you. I want God to show it to me. And not only do we have the Holy Scriptures, y'all listen, because this is going to get a lot of people off track. You're going to be running here and there looking for visions and dreams. And there's a lot of people doing that today. They're trying to run here for this new revelation, this new thing. And I want to suggest to you that God is able, but I want to suggest to you we've got the Holy Scriptures. And then secondly, we have who? The Holy Spirit. In the birth of the church, Acts 2, God's given us the tools we need, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Bottom line is this. If you say God showed me a vision, you better make sure it lines up with this right here. And a lot of the stuff going on today doesn't line up with this right here. Let God be true in every man a liar. By the way, let me just go on record saying this. If you say you got a vision and it doesn't come to pass, I'm going to write you down as a false prophet. I don't care who you are, me, you, anybody. A lot of people going around saying, God showed me this and God showed me a vision and God showed me this prophecy and God showed me this and that and the other. All right. I'm not denying that. God is real. But I'm saying this. If it doesn't come to pass like you say it's going to come to pass, you are mis mistaken and deceived and you're a false teacher. Bottom line. Can I get a witness? I know that's harsh, but that's how you judge and base all this stuff going around in our world today that everybody's embracing and saying, oh, they must be spiritual. They got all these visions and revelations, this new revelation. I don't have it. I got to go in there and get it. Listen, honey, if you find out who you are in Jesus, you've got everything you need. That's a good place to say amen right there. And if you start walking in the Spirit and obeying the Word of God, God will be real to you. You don't have to run here and run there, find this new thing, this new thing, and, and, and supposedly these are super spiritual people, and, uh, and I don't know their heart, but God knows. I'm telling you, 
Paul wrote to the church of Colossae and said, we're complete in Jesus. And there's a lot of people abandoning who they are in Christ, looking for something new because they're not staying with God, not getting clean, not staying focused on the Word of God and the will of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit of God and obeying God. And they're saying, there's got to be more to this. Yeah, there's more to that. But I'm going to tell you, it's walking with God every day and God will reveal Himself to you. That's all you need. That's all you need. And trusting God by faith. I'm just going on a tangent, sorry. Hey, look, number three. The victory we have in Jesus. Look at verse 13, 14. Come on. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man. Hold your place right there, verse 13. Are you following? Okay. For those that may not have your Bible, I went ahead and looked it up for you. I saw in the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man. Like the Son of Man. You know what that word is? The Hebrew word is this. Kibarnines. You know what it means? There's three different views of who this is. Who is this? Let's read further and I'll tell you who they are. All right. I saw in the night vision, behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days and they brought him near before him. Paul's right there. Somebody said, well, who's this Ancient of Days in verse 9? There's various opinion. My conclusion is God. Whether it's God the Father, like many believe it is, it doesn't matter, it's God. The Ancient of Days in verse 9, the Ancient of Days, some say this is God the Son in verse 13. God the Son, Ancient of Days, like the Son of Man. Look at verse 13. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came in the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before the Lord. Look at verse 14. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom. That can be no one but Jesus. They was given a dominion and glory in the kingdom that all people worldwide, worldwide, all people, nations, and languages, verse 14, should serve him. Yes, Lord. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Three views of who this is. And I take the latter. One, some say this is Michael the archangel, this ancient of days. That don't seem to calculate. Two, some say this is Israel, the Jewish nation. That's hard to bring that stretch to say it's dominion and kingdom everlasting and for this ancient of days to give this kingdom. Three, Jesus Christ, whom I suggest to you is the reference here is mentioned. That's why I've entitled this particular point, if we're going to have victory and vision in 2020, we must see the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see what he says? He's going to be given a kingdom and a dominion. Oh, yes, I'm about to start shouting right there. He says in verse 14, there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom and all people and nations and languages should serve him. Go ahead and serve him now. That's what you're going to do when you get to heaven. That's what you're going to do when you get to the millennial reign. And we should serve him in everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. That kingdom which shall not be destroyed. Y'all listen to me. Jesus Christ does not ride on the back of a donkey or does he ride on the back of an elephant? He rides on the clouds of heaven. Woo! And John said, I saw heaven open, behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him is called faithful and true, and in righteousness he to judge and make war. His eyes are the flame of fire, on his head are many crowns. He hath a vesture dipped in blood, his name is called the word of God. 
There's no doubt when Jesus came the first time, he came as a suffering servant, but when he comes again, he's coming as a reigning king. And this is a reference to the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ after the seven years of tribulation, after the great catching away, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 54 following, the twinkling of an eye. Oh, yes, then comes the seven years of tribulation. Oh, where the Antichrist is very, uh, and the uh, devil himself, but yet God, Jesus, is on the veil of those seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls. I said that to say at the conclusion, the consummation, the battle of Armageddon will take place where uh, the armies of the world, including the east, that will cross over the Euphrates River, will merge there in the valley of Megiddo, and Jesus will smite the nations of the earth. He'll come back in glory and power. He'll establish his throne. Oh, yes, that's when the kingdom of God will come to pass. That's when he will rule and reign. Victory in Jesus. Victory. Now, wait a minute. Before that time, how many know that the Lord comes to give us life? If we're going to have vision in 2020, we've got to see, look at this, dominion and kingdom, and we ought to serve and obey him. That's the bottom line. That's the message God gives us. Serve him now. Obey him now. I didn't make this up. We read it out of the Bible. And God says, this is what we're going to do. Oh, praise the Lord. The Lord said, I'm going to be with you now. And I'm going to come and establish my kingdom. Let me say something. Y'all listen. Look up here just a moment. I think this is important. I was studying and reading this week and even yesterday again. The Old Testament prophets did not pinpoint precisely, meticulously the church. Rather, they looked beyond that era of time. In the Old Testament, they foreshadowed the millennial reign of Christ. That's important when you start studying the Old Testament and the New Testament. Why? Because there's those who tell us today the church replaces Israel. It's called replacement theology, covenant theology, Calvinism, okay? And, and therefore they say, well, the church is meant to replace Israel. But I beg your pardon, and here's why I say that. The Old Testament was written to what people? I can't hear you. Say it louder. Correct, the Jewish people. The church officially was born on Acts chapter 2. That's in the New Testament. Yes, God foresaw, but the writings of the prophets, and that's why you see this prophet Daniel jumping all the way from his seeing Rome and into the future, namely the kingdom of God, which will take place after the tribulation. Boy, that explains a whole lot right there for me, does it to you? That's why I thought I'd share it with you. That's very important. All right, I'm about done because we're loading 2020. Hey, 2020 vision for 2020. Last but not least, notice, last but not least, notice, last but not least, I've got one more place to go and then I'll be done. One more place. And then if you'll look, look please, in verse number 24 and 27, and I'm done, the last place is this. If we're going to have 2020 vision, 2020, we must see the testimony and the legacy of the saints within us. And I'm almost done. Chapter 7, verse 18. Look at this. Chapter 7, verse 18. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and ever and ever. Now, that includes the church, obviously, because we'll be reigning and ruling with the Lord as well. However, Daniel's writing to the Jewish people and uh, to stay to a literal, historical, grammatical interpretation. Uh, that's where you would derive that conclusion, okay? But anyway, keep on reading. It's for the saints. We're going to enjoy the kingdom of God too, according to Revelation chapter 19. But look over in verse number 24. I'm sorry, verse number uh, 27. Skip down to verse 27. 
And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the who? The saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And all dominions shall serve and obey Him. Isn't that wonderful? What we've done is we've gone all the way through the chapter of Daniel chapter 7. I hope you've learned something today concerning the Antichrist and the apostasy of the Antichrist. I hope you are taking in mind of this vision 2020 as to what's coming in 2020. The apostasy of the Antichrist. And secondly, the ministry of angels. Thirdly, the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ 2020. And then last, the legacy and testimony of the saints beyond us. Marcia sent me a text message not long ago speaking of legacy and testimony of saints brother Charlton how many miss brother Charlton amen. amen I was visiting them at their house and uh, many times and I remember one time sister Lois was sitting there on the couch she had broken her hip brother Charlton was sitting in his chair and I was sitting there on the couch or she was sitting in her chair excuse me and I was sitting on the couch and uh, being married over 50 years, how many know that every once in a while, you, you, you know, uh, anyway, I know some of you are going to critique what I'm saying, so forget I just said it, okay? <laughs> anyway, but point is this, Sister Lois would look at Brother Charlton and have that look. How many know what I'm talking about? Did your wife ever look at you like that? Come on, don't be a wimp. Come on, admit it. Don't be a wimp. Come on, you men, don't be a wimp. Come on, don't be a wimp. Amen. Hallelujah. One man said this, I, my wife's so sweet one day I wish I, I could eat her up. The next day I wish I would have. Anyway, I'm just kidding. I love my wife. It's all right to laugh. It's all right to smile. You've been frowning all week and it'll do you some good just to laugh. Can I get a witness? Amen. Even if it's not funny, a merry heart, good, look good like this. Wait a minute, I'm almost done. I'm finished. I'm sorry. But I was telling you about Brother Chelton. And, and Lois would look at him. You know what she'd say? She'd give him that look. You know what she'd say? She'd say, I love his guts. I'd say, wait a minute. I've never heard this before. You love his guts. Boy, that's love, man. <laughs> Only thing I can relate to is cleaning the deer and said the guts. You know what I mean? Boy, if you love that, boy, you love. That's real love. You know what Marcia did? She sent me a text message. Guess what's out there on their epitaph? I love his guts. And on his says, she loved my guts. <laughs> Let's stand together. Praise the Lord.